0: I covered
1: my mouth, stunned speechless, looking at the two bodies and one on the other bed. One is my boyfriend and one is my best friend. I felt that my world started crashing down. Hi, I'm Jane, 22 years old, a final year student at a rather prestigious university. My mother, a single mom who raised me very well, despite the treacherous businessman husband, whom I had long forgotten and probably never appeared again. I grew up and lived well until I met Anna and went to her
2: stupid party. Lady, may I have the honor of offering you a drink? Look how gorgeous you are, especially in this evening gown.
1: The dress is pretty stupid and the man is a jerk. Of course, thank you for your compliments. I met Tom here with a bland lemon cocktail. To be honest, I was a bit smitten with his manners. Okay, a lot. Tom wasn't very handsome, at least for my taste, but his manly behavior was far different from other boys his age. Moreover, to be honest, his voice is super good. He also seemed to be impressed with me, obviously, because I was beautiful. This is the truth. I am conscious of my own appearance. Soon after, we started dating. Roaming the streets in an old car, enjoying a romantic lunch by the beach, and holding hands as the sunset fell. Age difference? Appearance? I rushed towards him like a moth. I'm so in love with you. I told him passionately on the last evening. I want us to be forever.
2: Of course, babe. We will never live. I promise.
1: Summer ended. Tommy was a student and I was only seventeen at that time. This doesn't matter. I got into the university in the same city as him. It even seemed so great that I began to dream about the house and the children. When I got the admission letter, he wanted me to move in with him, almost forced.
2: You should listen to me. You are too young, and I've been through a lot. Jane, don't be so childish. I just want the best for you.
1: He couldn't stop babbling, threatening, jealous and even manipulating, making me feel guilty. I know that, Tom, but I can't. I want to be independent. Luckily, I refused, persisting to the end. The reason was that even in the same city, the distance was still too far. Besides, learning from my mother's marriage, I can't confidently rely on men anymore. After all, I was still more obsessed with happiness breaking down than I thought. He gave up, and I breathed a sigh of relief. Anyway, I still love him very much. College life was kind of fun. Maybe because my life went off without a hitch. God decided to send a jinx to beat me up. Gerald is a native German, which could be seen not only in his appearance, but also in his excessively heavy and deep voice. And no matter how handsome he was, I admit, extremely attractive otherwise. With his rough treatment on his first day of school, he was officially negative in my eyes. Excuse me. I replied with a bit of confusion anyway. I have beauty as well as knowledge, which makes men often prioritize me. But no, he not only made me fall to the ground, but also coldly said,
2: This is not the place.
1: I really want to go crazy. After that, every time he did a group assignment or gave a presentation, He had a way to make my blood boil. Ironically, when I was second year, he even showed up at the cafe shop where I work part time. I was so upset that I wanted to quit my job, but then thinking about the high salary and the lovely hostess, I finally endured. Just like that, I reluctantly endured his colleague for a long time and realized this person was better than I thought. As for Tommy, I felt guilty and wanted to make up for him more for being a bit neglected. I didn't mind the long way to come, even to cook or clean. Tommy was very happy at first and appreciative for me, promising a lot. The beautiful outlook made my heart race, even if all this was just word of mouth. But over time, even these words he was afraid to say, taking it for granted that I was there to serve and that I was his servant.
2: You have to do this!
1: He used to say it like it was my duty. Even instead of should, he switched to must. I want it! That's stupid! Forget about it! Tommy started going out more, often being reachable at hours, when he should have been at home. I began to worry about losing and asking him what he was doing. Thinking about setting up the location, but still... (laughs) What received, of course, was an extremely vulgar scolding of him. What did you just say? I was momentarily surprised, paused for a minute, and began to doubt myself while silently shutting down the phone. I dreaded the thought of this relationship coming to an end, and feeling unloved. This made my heart slowly die. Soon after, he called back and explained that he was under pressure these days, and hope I can sympathize with him. This happened a few times, and how stupid of me to believe it was true, to take care of him even more carefully than before. I began to suffer from stress, constantly thinking that I was not good enough, even calling my close friend Anna for advice. She was very good at this, and I would like to consult her. Anna just smiled faintly, saying, I think too much. If you love someone for a long time, you can change your lover if you're bored. I nodded. A little relieved to hang up on the phone. Damned! I should have known. Until that day. That's right. I took a break from the cafe and went to his house, contrary to usual. On the one hand was to surprise, and on the other hand, was to relieve the heat in my heart. <laughs> I have a spare key to his house. How accurate was a woman's sixth sense? My boyfriend and my best friend naked, rolled around in the bed of my own choosing. Anna saw me, and as a matter of course, the conversation <laughs> turned towards this fool.
2: She's a stupid nerd. How oh, can she ever compare to you? She only knows about study and gets caught up in those useless things. If it were nice to show up about her, I would have dubbed that a long time ago.
1: That's exactly what came off my five-year boyfriend talking to the person I considered to be my best friend in life. And from what I could see... He had cheated on me so many times, with countless people. I really was a stupid potato. I staggered back, running out of the apartment, no matter where I was going. I wandered the streets, tears streaming down my face. I picked up the phone and wanted to call my mom, but immediately regretted it. Calling mom to make her worry more or whatever? It was useless. It's just that right now, I needed a place to gnaw the pain. My cell phone vibrated, I opened it and found it. it was in my mother. The reflex wanted to turn off. But why the hell click on receive? The phone rang with a grumpy voice.
2: Where are you?
1: Nothing, leave me alone!
2: Hey, don't like that. Hey, Jen!
1: I finally couldn't hold back, bursting while I was on the phone. (laughs) Gerald was very patient again, listening to me for half an hour. He even been able to find me. Luckily, it was not too dark yet and I was not dragging stupid things appearing before he arrived. Gerald found me, sighed, wrapped his shirt over my head, covering my puffy face and led me to his house. Thinking back to that time, I really was crazy, running to the opponent's house. Yes, I've always considered him a formidable enemy and staying there all night crying to the point of confusion. The next morning, when I woke up, Gerald didn't ask anything, just handed me a glass of water and told me to call my mom back. I resisted, but in the end, I still picked up the phone, holding back my tears and called my mom. Mom, I miss you so much. I want to go home. Mother noticed something and must have been very worried, but she had always raised me to be independent. She only comforted me with a few words saying that when you are sad, go home. I said yes, hung up the phone and cried again. That jerk was probably still asleep and didn't even give me a call. As for Anna, forget about it. She should be out of my life now and forever. I immediately pulled those two brats into the blacklist, deleted all contact methods, and got up to leave. Gerald didn't stop me. He just took his coat and said,
2: I'll take you home.
1: I just nodded, strongly refused, and was brought back to the inn by him. Strangely, I never told you about my house.
2: I asked the manager.
1: Thank you, Gerald. I've never been so grateful for Gerald's character as I am now, even though I hated it before. He didn't ask anything, just took me home, then left. I sat there alone, tears swelling up in my eyes. Lifting his head, he didn't expect him to be standing there ever since.
2: Eat already. Eat and cry again.
1: (laughs) I was actually giggling at his sense of humor. Literally wiping my tears and eating the whole bowl of soup. Green pozo, a bit salty but still tasted delicious, was absolutely what was needed for my near-death hungry stomach. It's also my favorite food. I look up (laughs) suspiciously and receive a nonchalant answer.
2: I just know it. I haven't seen a time when you didn't order this dish.
1: So, you stopped me? My heart skipped a beat and I wondered, does he like me? I just didn't have time to say anything, he said goodbye and left. The door closed and the boy's shadow disappeared behind the small alley. Two weeks later, I let my hair down a bit, temporarily put aside work and study, and regained balance for my soul. (laughs) Gerald showed up every two days, didn't say much, just left his stuff and leave. He seemed to be afraid that I would starve to death, bringing a lot of food and drink. And it's always something I like. It's really hard for me not to be overthinking. My boyfriend, or should I call now my ex, finally remembered my existence. It's just all the social media are blocked. He didn't know my current address. It's hilarious. His girlfriend moved out. He didn't help nor did he open his mouth to ask. I finally came to my senses, starting to get things back on track. I didn't know how to thank Gerald. His tenderness saved my soul. Now that I had to quit my job and my studies were over, I really didn't know how to repay him. Fortunately, Gerald and I seemed to have become close friends. He often visited me, had dinner together, and even <laughs> went on trips with me, climbing mountains and doing a lot of interesting things. And even though he didn't say it, the look in his face was so gentle that I felt like I was blind before. My calloused heart began to flutter again, but was still filled with fear. Gerald understood it all. The grumpy boy just put his hand in my head and said,
2: Don't be too hard on yourself. I could wait.
1: I didn't say a word. It's touching my heart, but not enough. Turns out, my father and my unfaithful boyfriend affected my life more than I thought. A year passed, and Tom appeared in front of me again. He was still the same, looking very polite with his straight suit and charming voice. But perhaps, I have already seen through his true nature, so I only find it disgusting and deceitful. He talked a lot, so much that it gave me a headache, enough to make me realize a few things. Anna left him, and he suddenly missed me. I smiled defensively. Before his puzzled look directly hit him hard in the face, ending it all. He went like crazy, chasing after me, but only had to stop in anger before Gerald's tall body. I giggled, taking his arm, listening to the question whisper in my ear.
2: Do I have a chance now?
1: Of course, but this time I will take the initiative. I laughed. Those five years of stupidity weren't actually wasted. Didn't God bring him here? The ending is out of the blue, but I believe it will be very beautiful. Well, I heard Tom and Anna had a fight. She was so addicted to alcohol that she lost control and had to go to rehab. And he was fired for not being transparent with the company's finances. However, this is none of my business anymore.
0: Hi everyone, my name is Caroline, and I was homeless until the moment when billionaires took me to live in their luxurious mansion. Wondering how that happened? Stay tuned! One cold fall evening, I was trying to find money for food. Well, or just food. I didn't care. Ask me how it happened that I became homeless? Well, my parents died a couple of years ago, and I couldn't live in an orphanage because the local kids abused me. At one point, I ran away figuring the streets would be easier for me. That night, I couldn't find a scent on the street and had already resigned myself to starving. Suddenly, I saw a well-dressed woman on her way to the supermarket. I immediately ran up to her and tried to steal her purse. Believe me, it wasn't my first robbery. The street dictates its own rules. However, at that very minute, some guy was right next to us. He pushed me away. Get lost, Tramp, or you'll be in trouble. He threatened me with his fist. I didn't want to confront him and ran away. Well, now I had no food and money. But the next day, I had a surprise. The woman I was trying to steal from found me outside the supermarket, handed me a full bag of food and a warm jacket. Thank you, but why? You're too good to me. I tried to rob you. I had tears of gratitude in my eyes. I know you had to do it because of the way you live. She smiled. What's your name? Caroline? And why are you on the streets at such a young age? I told her the story of my life. The woman wept and promised to help me. I expected her to give me some more warm clothes and a sleeping bag and lots of food. But what happened next didn't just shock me. It killed me. In a good way, don't worry. A woman arrived in a luxury car with her husband. At this time, I was eating a baguette, trying to stretch it out into the evening. Well, that's it, Caroline. You're coming to live with us now, said my savior and smiled. What? I was so shocked. I choked on a piece of baguette. A girl like you shouldn't be living on the streets. We want to adopt you. Is that what you want, too? She asked. Of course I said yes, and who wouldn't refuse in my place? On the way, I was modestly silent and terribly worried, and when we arrived, I was speechless. Now I'm going to live in a luxurious mansion, like a real castle! I was incredibly happy, until I saw the guy defending my new mom. Oh, I forgot all about him. I bet he wouldn't be happy to have me in his house. Who the hell is she? He frowned at me as we got out of the car. Nick, this is your new sister, Caroline. We've decided to adopt her. Are you out of your mind? She's the tramp who tried to rob you, Mom. Nick, I get it, but it's my decision and your father's. We always wanted a second child, but you know yourself that we can't have any more. So get a normal kid from an orphanage. Nick, Caroline lives here now. Accept it said the father sternly, Nick immediately calmed down. His father seemed to be an authority he didn't risk arguing with. The boy muttered something to himself and went into the house, slamming the door loudly. Mr. and Mrs. Gilbert showed me my room, which I was absolutely delighted with. A huge bed, my own walk-in closet, lots of new and beautiful things, and a private bathroom. It's like heaven. I couldn't even dream of that. I immediately fell on my bed and cried with happiness. Now I had a home and a family. I'm not alone, but I was having trouble with Nick. I tried to get through to him, but the guy was stubbornly ignoring me. But what pissed Nick off the most was that his best friend had found common ground with me. Brian was a nice young man. He treated me like a regular girl, even though he knew I was from the streets. He helped me study. When my parents hired teachers to homeschool me, he talked to me and even taught me how to play PlayStation. And then one day I overheard an unpleasant conversation. How can you socialize with that tramp? Nick asked angrily, she's normal. It's your sister. She's not my sister. She's the trash of society. I felt so hurt by those words. I couldn't hold back my tears. I went down to the living room and stared at a picture on the wall for a long time. I really liked the painting. I couldn't help myself, so I went and touched it. If you touch it again, you're out of the house. Nick threatened me when he came in. What? If I find you stole something or invited your tramp friends over, I'm not going to be nice to you. I'll throw you all out. I don't want to steal anything. For the first time, I decided to stand up for myself. I'm not what you think I am. And you'd know that if you weren't such a jerk. We would have kept fighting, but my parents came back. They gave me an expensive phone with a bunch of diamonds on it. Nick just snorted and went back to his room, and I was as happy as a baby. The next day, I decided to take a little walk. It was a beautiful day. I was listening to music on my phone when suddenly I was stopped by some vagrants with whom I used to feud. The thing is, I've always been on my own, and a lot of people didn't like it. Seeing me in my new clothes, and with a cool new phone like this, the tramps just jumped on me without a word, stealing all my money, phone, and even my new jacket. They did me bad, and I sat down on the pavement and cried. How bad I felt. But then help came from somewhere I didn't expect. Nick was there. He helped me up and asked me what happened to me. When he heard about the tramps, he called his friends to deal with my abusers. Honestly? My heart almost stopped when Nick and his friends fought the vagrants. The guys took my stuff back, and we ran from the cops, laughing for some reason. Nick, thank you so much! I hugged him. You're the best brother ever! The guy blushed and didn't say anything back, but I wasn't offended, because his actions were more eloquent than words. When we got home, Mom was shocked to see a battered Nick. He brushed it off and said it was okay. My father, on the other hand, was not happy about it. The thing is, my adoptive parents are billionaires and reputation is very important to them. They were afraid of any scandal, so they raised Nick in a strict manner to keep him out of trouble. Nick got very angry when his father told him off, so I decided to console my brother. As it turned out, it pissed Nick off that he lived in a rich family in the first place. You see, money is a weapon to reach some goals, but it's not about happiness. My dad wants me to carry on his business, and I want to be a doctor, and we fight about it all the time. I even felt sorry for Nick, even though I didn't understand him. He had everything since he was a kid, but he doesn't appreciate it because it's not money that matters to him. It's the dream. If he lived in the street, he'd start appreciating everything he has. But then I realized what Nick meant. My father had arranged a business meeting at home with his partners, ordering nick to attend i could see that nick wasn't interested at all he even got hung up on the phone a few times for which he received a stern reprimand from father my father very cleverly without descending to insults humiliated nick i felt really bad for my brother so i stood up for him dad smiled at me and said that i didn't understand anything and that he knew better how to make his son happy and more importantly rich Nick was touched that I stood up for him, and for the first time, he called me sister and hugged me. Thank you. No one ever stood up for me, he said. I believe in you, Nick. Don't give up. Follow your dreams to the end. But I didn't think my words would have that effect on him. The thing is, that night, Nick ran away from home. He left a note in the living room, saying he'd rather be lonely and poor, but happy and free. My parents immediately pulled all the strings to find my brother, and my heart froze with fear. What if something happened to him? Then it would be all my fault. I was the one who encouraged him to follow his dream. Idiot! My parents couldn't sit still, so they went looking for Nick too. It didn't take us long to find my brother. He was surrounded by a gang of vagrants who wanted to get back at Nick for the last incident. They wanted to attack him in a group. We jumped out of the car right away, scared off all the vagrants, and took Nick away. Son, that's not manly. You ran away like a coward. I ran away because I'm sick of you. I don't want to go into business. My goal is to help people and heal them. This argument went on all the way. At one point, Dad got so nervous, he lost control of the car. We hit a pole. Nick hit his head hard on the dashboard. My mom and I got scared. Dad seemed fine. My brother lost consciousness, and Mom immediately dialed 911. What kind of misfortune is following us? Luckily, Nick wasn't seriously injured, but we were so scared for him. We cried in the room while they bandaged his head. I'm fine. Don't worry. He smiled at us. It must have had some effect on my father, and he mellowed. Nick, after all, was allowed to study to be a doctor. He was no longer bogged down with business meetings, which my brother hated so much. But there was another problem. You haven't forgotten about Nick's best friend Brian, have you? Well, he confessed his feelings to me. I was speechless. I didn't see Brian as a boyfriend. He was a friend to me. Nick, on the other hand, was very concerned. He was against us dating. But why? Brian asked. She's my sister, and you're my best friend. This is a bad idea. It wasn't so long ago that you didn't think of her as your sister. A lot has changed, Brian. I'm against it. I don't want her to be in a relationship right now and then suffer through a breakup or a fight. Caroline needs to study. Brian didn't like that. Then I had to get into a dialogue and explain to the guy that I wasn't interested in relationships yet. Brian got upset but didn't insist on anything. Eventually, I got used to the luxurious life and Nick became not just my brother but my best friend with whom I could talk to about anything. I'm glad this family came into my life. It's because of them that everything has changed for the better. Would you like to live in a billionaire family? Write your answers in the comments. I'd be interested to read them. Also, don't forget to share the video with your friends. Bye! That night, I stood in front of the student lockers and stuffed a bunch of letters
3: into them. Suddenly, the alarm rang and a security guard came. Huh? No one's here? Hmm, maybe it's just some mic. After he left, I breathed a sigh of relief because I wasn't discovered. <laughs> Can you guys guess where I am? Huh. I'm here on top of a closet with a super cool hiding pose like Elastigirl. Hi, I'm Annie, 17 years old. Currently, I'm studying in the most disciplined boarding school on Holly Island, England, the school that could make any student tremble when they hear its name. If you misbehaved just once, you would be severely disciplined. Unfortunately for that school, I'm the girl who was born to break every single rule. At this place, it was mandatory to follow a set of rules which included no romance, no defamation, no phone in class. If we broke any of these three, it would either leave an ugly remark on our school records or get us a sick spell. Still, the school believed they were very merciful because phones were allowed in the dormitory but little did they know that the phone signals and network there were so weak huh! our phones were practically useless. We couldn't contact each other at all. So I came up with a bold business idea using letters to communicate. I'd be the mailwoman and charge them accordingly. But occasionally, I ran into a few problems. Once, when I was secretly putting a letter from Mary into her boyfriend's locker, the superintendent caught me. Eddie, show me that piece of paper. I tried to run away, but he held me back. When he thought he was about to catch the mastermind behind the mailing service, he opened the paper and saw nothing but scribbles inside. What does this mean? Is there a rule that prohibits drawing, sir? Ah. The superintendent got and left are you surprised while running away i switched mary's letter with a one bowl of scribbles that i had prepared in case i got caught smart right <laughs> but not every time i was able to escape so smoothly two months ago during one of my mailing trips during the night i had to go to the parking lot i was tying the letter neatly under the oak tree when suddenly a light flashed at me who's there Afraid of being discovered, I slipped behind a pickup truck and climbed into it to hide. Suddenly, the truck started to roar and sped away. I was so scared that I slammed on the truck's door. Drop me down! I'm right here! The truck braked and a young man screamed angrily. Are you nuts? Why did you climb here? It was a very strange looking man. I had never seen him at school before. He introduced himself as Alvin, the new school janitor. When Alvin was asking me why I was at school in the middle of the night, (gasps) accidentally, a bunch of letters from my coat fell down on the ground. I hastily picked them up. Oh, you're the operator of the secret mailing service. Nope. So why else would you come to school at night with a pile of letters? Okay, fine, you're right. It's me, but you can't tell this to anyone. Hmm. Elvin agreed on one condition. He wanted to join my mailing service and get a share of the profits. Although I didn't Uh. want to, I had to agree. After that day, Elvin officially became my partner in crime. I went to school by morning to study and broke into the school (laughs) by night to deliver letters with him. The number of people who wanted to send letters was increasing, and the purpose of the letters went from love-confessing to attacking each other. One day, I received an anonymous request to send a cursed letter to Farrell, the fearsome <laughs> bully at my school. I didn't want to. However, Alvin convinced me to do it because the client would pay us a lot of money, so I hesitantly accepted. That night, I took the letter to Farrell's locker, but suddenly, there was a loud noise. Alvin quickly pushed me into the corner as footsteps were approaching. Who's there? We held our breath. Alvin held my hand tightly while our hearts pounded with fear. Who touched my locker? Realizing that we could not escape easily, Alvin came out to face Farrell and got beaten right away. The alarm bell rang loudly and the school security came immediately. I was about to rush out to save Alvin, but he ran away to distract them from seeing me. The very next day, Alvin was suspended from work. As for Farrell, because he had bribed the superintendent, he was released. It was so unfair! I quickly went to Alvin's home. When he saw me, he just sighed. Well, it was fun while it lasted, kid. Guess it's time for me to retire. No, I'll get justice for you. With that said, I left his house. In my mind, I decided to do one last mailing service. I would send my own letter to the principal. That evening, while waiting for the principal to leave, I snuck inside and placed a two-page letter pointing out the absurdity of the school and the darkness lurking behind its perfect image. Suddenly, the door to the principal's office was slammed shut. Out of nowhere, Farrell came to me with a baseball bat. Haha, <laughs> caught ya, male woman. He swung the bat repeatedly and broke all the furniture in the room. When he accidentally hit a bookcase, causing the thick dictionary to fall on his head, I immediately dashed to the door. Farrell quickly grabbed me, but unfortunately, the principal showed up in the nick of time. He and the superintendent hurriedly stopped Farrell. After Farrell and I were sent to the supervisor's room to reflect on our wrongdoings, suddenly there was a knock on the door. When the door opened, I was (gasps) shocked to see Alvin in a smart suit. Farrell, you're expelled due to school vandalism and intentionally causing injury. What?! Farrell angrily launched at Alvin, but he immediately stopped his sponge. What are you to expel me?! (gasps) I'm the inspector of the National Department of Education. I was sent here to investigate violations and complaints about the school. Security, get him out. I was really shocked to learn this fact. It turned out that Alvin had broken into the school under the mask of a janitor to investigate and protect his true identity. Soon after, the security took Pharaoh out. The principal appeared right after that. He smashed my letter to the table. How dare you insult our sacred school rules? I'm not insulting anything. You must see how ridiculous these Hmm. rules are. They're making the students suffer! Suddenly, Alvin poured out from his coat a lot of letters from the students. They were letters complaining about the school's strict rules, along with many photos of bullying and bribery. You'll have to think twice when looking at these. The principal picked them up as his (gasps) eyes whitened. After a while, he made a shocking decision. Bring those who took bribes to the court, expel those who were violent, and at the same time, repeal all previous rules. From there, students can freely connect with each other, use their phones to study, and give honest feedback on the quality of teaching. As for me, it was illegal to break into the school at night to send letters, so I was still disciplined. But thanks to those letters, everything came to light, so I was quickly allowed to go back to school normally. As for Alvin, after settling everything, he returned to the Department (laughs) of Education to report on the results. I really hope to see Alvin again one day to thank him personally.
5: This was like a dream come true. That gorgeous man in front of me is Ethan, my crush since I was just 14. Back then, Ethan was my dad's business partner. So he'd often come over to our house for dinner. For years, I adored him in secret. But now, at 19, I could finally be honest about my feelings. So when I ran into him by chance in the grocery store, I felt like it was meant to be. He invited me for a drink in the cafe nearby, and we instantly hit it off. We started dating, and now we're an official couple. There's just one thing that worries me. Ethan is recently divorced and has a 10-year-old daughter, Clarice, who he has full-time. While daydreaming, I couldn't hide away from the thought of being someone's stepmom. Oh my, I didn't want to become a mom yet. Don't worry, Clarice is a cute kid. I just know you two will get along. Clarice gave me a devious smile the moment she saw me. Another fish got hooked. Huh? Hey, that's not the right manner. Apologize, now! Ethan immediately said. Clarice let out a loud, Ugh! Then reluctantly apologized. Great! When has it ever been easy to be friends with a naughty ten-year-old girl? I understand this better than most, as I have a little sister. She's either giving me a headache or crazing at me for candy, and I could tell that Clarice was going to be no different. (sighs) One day, Ethan called me in a panic, saying he had an urgent business trip. They informed me at the very last minute. I didn't have time to find a babysitter. Can you help me take care of Clarice for a few days? What? I've only just met the girl, and now I have to mind her for a few days? I still didn't know what to say when Ethan continued. I'll make it up to you after this. And then, the next thing I knew, Clarice was at my front door. Oh gosh, somebody help me! Well, you know those girls that age, like my little sister? I kept pouring out while Mike just smiled and slightly shook his head. I have to make her like me to win over Ethan! So, lovely Mike, can you please come hang out with us? seriously please aren't you good with the ladies fine you know i can't say no to you i took clarice to a theme park she frowned the moment she saw mike um who's this i don't like strangers i smiled and said this is mike he's really cool and i don't care cindy what kind of situation did you drag me into man I had to ask myself that question. This wasn't what I envisioned it to be. The outing turned into a competition between them. Clarice challenged Mike to play game after game with her until she won. In the end, they played with the water guns, and I knew for sure Mike let her win. But as soon as he let go of his water gun, Clarice squirted water all over him, leaving him completely drenched. Oops. What on earth is this? That's the price for the loser. (laughs) Okay, Cindy, that's enough. Have fun. And he stormed off. Oh no, what have I done to him? I stood there dumbfounded, staring at Clarice. Okay, so it was kind of funny, but I couldn't laugh at my poor friend. I want ice cream. Clarice grinned, then skipped away. Hmm, ice cream. A girl after my own heart. On the way home, we talked so much about her fave show, The Babysitter's Club, and how Stacy is her favorite character. Hmm, maybe the day wasn't so bad after all. A few days later, Ethan returned, and I was really excited to see him. Thank you so much for taking care of Clarice. Meanwhile, I noticed Clarice was slowly backing out, with an awkward look on her face. I thought she'd be as happy as me to see him, but it didn't seem that way. Darling, are you okay? Are you sick? I... I'm okay. I need to go to my room. After that, at dinner, the question, Are you sick? was raised no less than ten times, and it made me feel sick too. I said I'm not sick, and I don't want to see a doctor! Ethan, I think Clarice is fine, so maybe stop asking her. Hearing that... Ethan seemed uncomfortable and turned away. Weird. What was wrong with them? Maybe this was just something they did. Hmm. Whatever it is, I wasn't enjoying this heavy atmosphere. The next day after lunch, Clarice was helping me clean the table while Ethan was packing to go on his next trip. She insisted on washing the dishes while I said goodbye to Ethan. We were hugging in the doorway when suddenly... I heard a loud scream coming from the kitchen. Ethan and I both rushed in there and saw Clarice crying as she gripped her hand. Ethan frantically asked, What happened? while I quickly searched for a first aid kit. I was washing the dishes, but I accidentally cut my hand. Cindy, I'm sorry. I wasn't being careful. Please don't punish me. What? What was she talking about? Ethan seemed to have the same question as me. Cindy always makes me do the chores. She told me if I do them badly, I can't have dinner. Huh? Why was she saying things that weren't true? Turning pale with shock, I muttered out, No, that's not true. I I don't want to stay here. Dad, let me go home. Clarice interrupted me as she was crying harder. I'm so sorry, but I have to go now. I don't even know if you're lying or not. How can you say that to me? Clarice shouted. You monster! Then she ran upstairs. I stood there not knowing what to do. My brain couldn't process what just happened. Ethan looked at me and sighed. Why didn't he say anything? He didn't honestly think I was capable of doing that. Did he? I decided I needed to confront Clarice about this. So I went up to her room and calmly said, Clarice, why did you say that? You forced me to do all the chores. What? How can you lie like that? I never do such a thing. Oh, but are people going to believe you or a poor little girl? Oh, my God. There was me thinking she was a sweet kid when in actual fact, she was the complete opposite. I rushed outside and, shaking, I pulled my phone out. I called Mike and told him everything. Oh boy, that kid is complicated. Maybe she doesn't want you to be with her dad. But even so, what she did was weird. I think you should stay away from them. But how to? I couldn't just run away. Besides, Ethan was on his trip, again, and I was in charge of her. So I kept my distance. No more talking or having fun. But it seemed that Clarice had other ideas. I was watching TV in the living room when Clarice appeared and pulled my shirt. Cindy, I want you to play video games with me. The more silent I was, the harder she pulled. No, Clarice, I'm not in the mood. I shouted. Go play by yourself. Then I walked off. A few minutes later, Cass... A senior student came over to give me some documents. We sat down and had some iced tea. Then suddenly, bam, and a cry. Oh, no. Cass and I rushed to the noise. Clarice had fallen down the stairs in the basement and was surrounded by the laundry basket and dirty clothes. Cass quickly ran down there and helped her up. Are you okay? What happened? Cindy told me to do the laundry in time. The basket was so full, so I slipped. No, no, no! I screamed inside my head when Cass gave me a concerned look. Cass, please, I'll explain later. Can you please leave? Why? I screamed at Clarice's face the moment Cass left. If you don't play with me, you'll be a child abuser. You'll have to go to jail. Ugh! This is driving me crazy! Just a few days ago, she wanted her dad to take her away from here, and now she's blackmailing me for not playing with her? Right at that moment, Ethan called. Hi, Cindy. I just want to check on you too. Is Clarice sick or anything? Ugh, what on earth is this? Am I crazy? Or are these two actually weird? OMG. I need Mike. Now. Please. Take me away from here, I said as I opened the door for Mike. Stop, Clarice shouted. You two can't go anywhere. Oh, now you're telling me what not to do? If you go, I'll tell the whole world how badly you've been treating me. You'll both go to jail. So that's your scam? Her smirk disappeared. She turned pale and stuttered. No, it it was my dad's. Your dad's scam? Clarice looked flustered as she realized what she had just blurted out, and she quickly covered it up. Nothing! Mike sat down and looked at her with stern eyes. I stood there, waiting for the answer. I... um... my daddy made me! Eventually, Clarice confessed. Turns out, Ethan was a professional scammer, who scams young, wealthy girls into giving him money. Worse, he dragged his daughter into his scheme. The plan went like this. He used his handsome looks to flirt with the girls, then Clarice's cuteness to get the girls' empathy. After that, he would go on some last minute business trip and ask them to take care of Clarice. Meanwhile, Clarice would pretend to be seriously sick. When Ethan arrived back, he would persuade the girls to hand over money for hospital fees, then he and Clarice would disappear out of their lives. At first he told me to do what he said and he'd get me a bike. What about the abusing lie you made up? I asked, still shocked. I made up that excuse so dad would take me away. I really like you, so I don't want his plan to work. Then why did you continue to act up? Because Cindy was mad at me and I wanted her to play with me, so I pulled that trick again. Tears streamed down my face. Unbelievable! I voluntarily stepped into his trap right at the beginning. He didn't even have to do much. I felt like such an idiot. After that, we exposed Ethan. Clarice helped us too. Turns out, he's bankrupt, which is why his wife left him and why he's no longer my dad's business partner. Ethan was arrested, but Clarice's mom was out of the country and she refused to return for her daughter. To be honest, I love Clarice, and I didn't want her to live in the orphanage. So I let her live at my place for a while before I told my parents everything. Obviously, my parents have more capacity and power to deal with this. It took a while for Clarice to get over her guilt and settle in, but now we get on better than ever. She's a sweet, cute girl who deserves far better than her parents have given her. Then one day, I came back home from college to find Clarice placing some roses on the dining table, which was already romantically set up with candles and steak. Cindy, you're back! How can you prepare a full dinner like this? Clarice didn't say anything. She just giggled and ran to her room. Someone hugged me from behind. Would you mind being my date tonight? (laughs) It was Mike. Thinking about it, I guess my perfect man was right under my nose this entire time. So, grinning, I turned around and replied, I thought you'd never ask.
4: Hi, all. I'm Joan,
6: and I love to chat. And that's because I didn't speak at all before. I said my first words when I was 16. Can you imagine? I'll start my story from a doctor's appointment. I was about five years old at the time. The doctor kept looking into my mouth and frowning. After the examination, he informed my parents. The girl is perfectly healthy. She just doesn't talk because she doesn't need to. He wrote it on a piece of paper. My parents were deaf-mute. They were afraid that their disability had somehow passed on to me. But it turned out that I just didn't need to use speech. The doctor added, if you want the girl to speak, you should rather send her to school. But we were poor, and my parents, because of their peculiarities, had problem with work. And our little village didn't even have a school, because for them, communicating with the outside world was not an easy task. I went shopping, I did household chores, and sometimes I helped with their work. I even fixed my dad's computer myself in the evenings after household chores. I would sit down at the computer and learn what my peers were learning at school. I also loved to read. I spent practically every evening in a chair with a book and sometimes I even fell asleep that way. That's how I grew up until I was 16. It was on my birthday that my father gathered us around the table. In sign language, he told us the good news. The company had promoted him and wanted us to move to town. It was the best birthday present ever. Imagine a real city with malls and other kids. I was beyond happy and hugged my parents. That same evening, I wrote to the city school I was about to attend. They replied that in order to transfer, I had to take a writing test and prove that my knowledge was appropriate for the class I was going to get in. I sat through the assignment all night. The task was not easy. I did not find it difficult either. The next morning, when I checked my mail, I got a positive response. I was accepted. I was jumping up and down on my bed. My new life was starting. That same day, we packed up the car and hit the road. I looked out the window and studied the city where we'd be living. It was not big, but for a girl who just came from a small village, it was a real metropolis. Just like New York. I went to school the very next day. Standing in front of the entrance, I took a deep breath and entered this unknown world. I walked to the classroom door. Invisibly nervous, I knocked. The teacher invited me in and asked me to stand at the blackboard right in front of the students. I'd like you guys to meet Joe and Taylor. Tell us all about yourself. I looked that the kids just prepared to listen intently. I really wanted to say something, but I couldn't open my mouth with fear. Sweat broke out on my forehead with excitement. I suddenly started waving my hands frantically, making it clear that I wasn't going to say anything. The teacher looked at me in surprise. Yeah, you're embarrassed. Well, take any seat you want. I walked past the kids and took the last seat. I didn't want to draw too much attention to myself. It was uncomfortable to be here. When the bell rang for recess, I was surrounded by my classmates. They asked a lot of questions. Why aren't you saying anything? Strange girl, say something already. Where are you from? Maybe she can't talk. Someone even pointed a finger at me, thinking it would help me talk. It was the first time that happened to me, and the students' voices seemed too loud and disgusting to me. My head ached, ready to explode. I jumped up, abruptly, and ran out of the room. Finally, I slammed the door loudly. I ran down the hallway to get away from all the noise, and suddenly, I saw a door with a sign on it that said, Pantry. I yanked it open. It was very dark and completely empty. Perfect. I went inside and shut the door behind me, covering my ears with my hands. I breathed deeply and quickly until the voices of my classmates muffed in my head. I calmed down a little. But then, in the darkness, there was an abrupt, Hello? At the same time, a flashlight turned on and illuminated the girl's pale face. I pressed myself against the wall in fear. The girl continued. Are you hiding from the sunlight here as well? I shook my head negatively. I see, I can't go into the light. I'm from Romania, a descendant of Count Dracula. Light is destructive to me. The strange girl thought about it and asked. What are you doing here then? Developing photographic film? I don't know why, but that silly joke made me laugh. And you're strange, she said. Just like me, let's be friends. I'm Alan. Alan held out her hand to me, and I shook it. When we came out of the storeroom, I could get a better look at my new friend. Her skin was pale. She wore only black, and even indoors, she wore dark glasses. I was glad I'd met my friend on the first day. When I got back to class and sat down at my desk, I saw that someone had written the word FREAK ON IT in huge letters. Naturally, I got very upset, but that... Wasn't the end of my troubles. The teacher came over. He said I had to go to the principal. The principal started with a question Miss Taylor, how do you feel about school? I indicated with my hand that I was very well and fake smiled That's what I thought He said thoughtfully. I asked for your records and I know about your parents You got a high score on the test But, he paused, after which I tensed. But if you keep being silent, I will have to expel you. Do you understand? I nodded my head then I walked out of the office. To my surprise, Alan was waiting for me. From there, we walked together. She asked, why aren't you talking? I took a pen and a notebook from her hands and wrote, I'm afraid I don't know how. The bell rang and Alan went to class. I decided to go home. The first day of school was awful. At home, my parents asked how it went, and I lied to them that it was amazing. And then I locked myself in my room. I turned on the TV. The movie Titanic was on. Jack was already in the water, and Rose was lying on the door. I laid down on the bed, and started repeating her monologue. She was saying, There's no way I'm giving up Jack. No way. I repeated after Rose, but though my lips were moving, I couldn't make a sound. What if I really can't talk? With that frightening thought, I fell asleep. But the next day, I had to go to school anyway. In P.E., some guy yelled out at me. Freak! I turned around, and a ball came flying at me. I was so hurt, so angry. I grabbed the ball and threw it at the idiot. Even though the bully was a decent distance away, I hit the target. The guy went down like a log jam. The coach came up to me. I thought he was gonna punish me, but he just handed me a basketball and said, Now hit that hoop over there. All the classmates were watching us carefully. The ring was far away. I exhaled and took aim. Alan's voice came from the bleachers. You can do it, girl! Her voice really encouraged me. I threw the ball. It hit the wooden backboard and got in the hoop. The guy who'd hurt me shouted, It was an accident! So I took another ball and threw it at him. The bully went down again. The coach smiled and patted me on the head. Meet the new player of the women's basketball team. I smiled. The girls from the basketball team surrounded and congratulated me. I looked towards the bleachers and caught Elaine's eyes. And I silently said to her, Thank you. But in spite of my success in sports, I had problems with my studies. When the teacher asked me a question or called me to the blackboard, I was as quiet as a fish. This went on for a week until I was called to the principal's office again. His verdict was this. I'm sorry, Joan, but there are simply no teachers in our school who can teach you. Tears streamed down my cheeks from resentment. Well, 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 I'm sure you'll find another one. Here is a written notice of expulsion. With a trembling hand, I grabbed a piece of paper. Give it to your parents. You can go now. The principal put on his glasses and proceeded to fill out some documents. I jumped out of the office like a bullet. I crumpled the paper with anger and resentment and threw it in the trash like it was a basketball and ran home in tears. In the evening, I lay on my bed staring at the ceiling. I wanted nothing, nothing at all. The sound of the phone's notification pulled me out of my depressing thoughts. I opened it and saw a message from Alan. I'll see you tonight at the address. I thought, why not? I got ready and left the house. The navigator led me to a house decorated like it was Halloween. I knocked, but no one answered. I pushed the door open. There were arrows pointed on the wall with red paint. If I hadn't known that Alan, Dracula's descendant, lived here, I would have thought I was in the lair of a maniac, and I would have fled immediately. So, I decided to play her game. The last arrow pointed at the entrance of the basement. The light on the stairs flickered on and off. I carefully made my way down the stairs, and when I looked around, I was shocked. The basement was dimly lit by candles, and in the very center of it stood a huge coffin with a lid on it. Maybe I should have run back upstairs right away, but I'd been very curious since I was a kid. I walked closer to the coffin. I tried to open it, but I didn't have time, and the lid of the coffin fell to the floor, and a vampire jumped out, a real one, like in horror movies. It hissed and sparkled viciously red eyes. I screamed and shook, and then I staggered back and fell. The vampire was coming towards me while holding out his pale hands. Suddenly, the light in the room was on and I recognized Alan's face. A friend put on such a realistic makeup that would be envied in Hollywood. I was so angry. Are you crazy? I almost died of fright. Alan smiled at me, and her joy made me even more angry. What are you so happy about? I almost had a heart attack. Alan answered, you have a very beautiful voice. It was only then that I realized what had happened. In a half whisper, slowly trying to taste every word, I repeated, Are you sick? I almost died. I jumped up, hugged Alan, and while weeping tears of joy, I told her, You're sick, Alan. You're sick. Alan pointedly pulled away from me. I kept dancing around the vampire's coffin and was shouting different words. I learned how to talk and under such strange circumstances. Alan's parents came down to the basement. They looked just like a normal mother and father and smiled kindly at me. Come to the table and I answered them cheerfully. Alan is sick. I almost died because of her. My friend's parents looked at each other. Yes, she's a freak. We were sitting at the table that night. I couldn't stop talking. i kept silent for 16 years. I was very grateful to Alan for giving me the gift of speech. I went back to school and everything was fine.
4: Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram,